Have you made an honest review? Jump onto fifthwrist.com and read real takes by real owners about their watches. And of course, get involved and write about what's on your wrist. Fifthwrist.com is your independent space to talk watches. Hello, this is Rob and Alex. You're talking to Rob and the Regulator. That's wrong. No, stop, stop, stop that. Stop, cut. <laughs> you can use this, aren't you? Hi there, this is Rob. You're listening to Rob and the Regulator on Fifth Wrist Radio. Alex, how are you? What do you mean, how are No, you can't. Oh, We're not doing that. that. You fucked it again. What are we doing? Stop, stop. Okay. Just then it's cut, and then... And then you don't have to. Okay. Oh, okay. You, you, you want to cut the. Okay. What do you want me to say? You want me to gonna, say? So you just have the intro bit, and yeah, then okay. it's going to cut into the bit. Where... Hello. You're listening to Rob and the Regulator on Fifth Wrist Radio. No, that was terrible as well. What was that? Oh, really? In the beginning, we were like, uh, yeah, that sucks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have another drink. <laughs> I can't say good. Hi, this is Rob from Rob and the Regulator on Fifth Wrist Radio. No, what? What the fuck? I thought we were just going for this is Rob and the Regulator on Fifth Wrist Radio or okay, let me this is Fifth Wrist Radio and or welcome, welcome to Fifth Wrist Radio. This is Rob and the Regulator or something okay, like then, that. Okay, 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 go, go, go. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Oh, shit, I forgot to stop recording. Right yeah, now. I didn't talk. This is Fifth Fist Radio. You're listening to Rob and the Regulator. Oh, Why are you whistling? Okay, I'm not. Hi, welcome back to Fifth Wrist Radio. You're listening to Rob and the Regulator. It's about whether you're going to do an intro or not. Have you mixed your okay. drink? Okay, we've started recording anyway, so ah, okay. now people will know that you're going to do the intro yeah. at the end. Young guys, this is so <laughs> professional. <laughs> this is what people love. Brilliant. Okay. They think it they've on. already heard the intro yeah. and they think it's beforehand, but it's not actually. It's, exactly. It's like a, it's a head fuck. People love okay. that shit. <laughs> they keep dragging the thing right back to the start, but you can't. It's like get that, that film Inception or something. <laughs> it's a better. Okay. So, no, no intro. We've done that. It was an excellent intro, Rob. Well done. This is, yeah, Probably this your is... best intro so, so far. far. Yep. Rob and the regulator, here we are. Didn't even do an intro. We just appeared Brilliant. in your ears. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. This is the second. And I've actually, I forgot to tell you, I've thought of what to call this uh, episode. Oh, I was okay. going to call it Friday the 13th Part 2, but it's not a Friday. But right. this is the second time that we've recorded this episode for for the listeners. For technical um, reasons. You don't have to tell everybody. Yeah. What? Well, it's all now. about transparency okay. on the the podcast yep so recording yesterday and yeah there was a terrible was it a thunderstorm or we had a, a tropical storm a full-on tropical storm a tropical there, storm oh look it's 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 the, the the front of some cyclone up north um western australia and there was trees blown over like suburbs of perth were flooded it was major major mate and and i'm like sitting in this little back room which is Basically, like being in a dog kennel um, with a tin roof. Um, it was more like an outside toilet, but yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's smaller than a toilet. It's more like a chalk house, maybe. Yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. So that wasn't ideal. I couldn't hear what you were saying, and you couldn't hear what I was saying, but I was just waffling on um, as usual. Anyway, here we the are thing again. I always love about anytime there's bad weather 
any place in the world, people from back home always message me. It doesn't matter how far away it can be, <laughs> 3,000 miles. Yep. People call up and, and say, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. what, I, what happened? Oh, there's a volcano went off someplace. And you're like, what? That's, there's no <laughs> volcanoes here. Yeah, but it's, it's near you. Yep. Um, mm. It's good to know people care. That's fires. We've had that with the fires. Yeah, everyone ringing up from Europe saying, what, are you okay? And the fires. Yeah. No. What did I talk about today, Alex? Same um, thing as yesterday. <laughs> which I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> I, We're I, gonna I, totally nail it today, though. It was like a, it was a rehearsal. Well, rehearsal yes. What do you mean? Um, yeah, and we did kick off with that little that little um, question, didn't we? Um, about the value of watches. You want me to do to 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 pop? The, I mean, to do that question again? Um, yeah. Which is what we were thinking about what my dad said. A question my dad asked a few years back when I first got into watches in Switzerland. Um, he, okay, so he said, okay, you got a job in a Swiss watch factory, that's brilliant. Um, and what's the difference between a $10 watch and a $100 watch? And I was kind of a bit gobsmacked. Um, and I sort of armed an item and said, we are, well, you know, there's a bit of difference. Added. But the whole, Afterwards, I realised that you know he's in the same boat as a lot of people, and thinking, well, you know, is him? Can you pay more than $100 for a watch? Um, obviously, my dad's from the Wheat Belt, New South Wales, Central New South Wales, um, very down-to-earth farmer, basically. And yeah, the concept of paying more than that for a watch um, was foreign to him, totally foreign. He'd never been overseas, uh, so to speak, or as such. Um, so yeah, it was, and then I sort of got me thinking. Well, what is the difference between a ten-dollar watch and a hundred-dollar watch and a thousand-dollar watch and a ten thousand or a hundred-thousand-dollar watch or a million-dollar watch? I just have sort of having my boutique. Um, so, so we sort of went. Well, we're sort of going to go through that a bit, weren't we? Well, Mr. we need to again. There's no structure for this show, as people can tell. We Sorry. forgot to do wrist checks and drink checks. Oh man. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, well, what have you got on, Rob? <laughs> I've um, oh, I've stopped there, man. I've got a, check the old, totally honest here. I've got a Roma on, a Roma La Grande. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, I've heard of Roma. Someone just did a Roma review. I did. A vintage I'm... one on the website. Yes. Our good friend Stuart just did. Was it? I didn't recall who did it, but I did. I remember seeing one somewhere recently, and I think that's probably. But it was no, it was before that they had this out. I, I was trying a new strap on it. Um, so this is it's a Roma, the same company. It's got a um. It's got a six four nine seven. <laughs> there goes references again. Um, yeah. <laughs> ETA movement in the back, which is that old pocket pocket watch hand wound movement, the old basic ETA that all watchmakers start off on pretty much. 6497. I could never, for years I couldn't say that in English, so I'd have to say it in French and then translate it in my head and say 6497. Anyway, that's what I've got on. And it's a, you'd like it. It's a great, it's a great watch for musos because it's, um, for musos. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Just because I look like a homeless guy doesn't mean that I'm a homeless guy. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, anyway, the, the, the dial, if you look up La Grande, it's L-A and then G-R-A-N-D-E, uh, which means the big one <laughs> um, of, of these watches is a, like a long play record. It's a black dial and it's got on the outside, it's got a little grooves like a record on the outer, I don't know, third of the dial. Um, it's a really, really cool old watch. Oh, it's not even old. It's um, 
what it was in 2000. And do we have to get through? Uh, sorry, I get carried away. I get in a little detail. You, all you want to know what watch I had on, and you're going to end up no, finding out you, when I bought it and where I got it from. Um, if you want to go into the detail, this is your show from. If exactly. You so you can talk about wherever the hell you want. I'm just here to keep you slightly on track. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big call. But I bought this watch. We, we, I mentioned in that first one, I think, the first episode where I bought that Amiga and it turned out to be a quartz or a hybrid quartz. Yeah. This was probably the first mechanic, proper mechanical watch I bought after that one, which was about five years later. I bought this in 2004, if I'm not mistaken, um, in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, of all places. Um, I'd seen it at Basel World the, 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 the the year before, and then I was traveling for work, and I hunted it down. Riyadh or Saudi is a great place to buy watches because they still have, um, you know, the, the the collections and stuff. They still have to have the retailers have to buy certain collections, but there's a lot less people, a lot less. There's no tourism basically um, at all, so you can sort of bargain for watches sometimes. Anyway, that's that's getting carried away. I'll, that's where I got it. Uh, it's still going strong. I've got it on a Nice kangaroo strap next to you right now. What are you wearing? Well, you, you've screwed up all the continuity because I thought yeah. we were going to be wearing the same watches and drinking the same things as, no, as no, yesterday. No, no, no. I've still no, got the same underpants on. <laughs> I thought I could smell something from here. Uh, no structure. That, that, that's not that's not no structure. It's like, no, continuity, continuity doesn't work. Yeah, it's like when people are in a movie and they're smoking a cigarette and then two seconds later this whole cigarette smoked away because the continuity is all thrown out although well, i guess us. no one's going to hear yesterday's one there's no ever work that. until it what watch did you have on yesterday so people can have like a double wrist check I'm from you yesterday Remember? i had i think it was a, was the seiko was it not the samurai seiko samurai save the ocean correct yeah which i bought uh, last year anyway that's by the by what do you work I've got the same watch I had on yesterday. What? System 51. I'll try and let people hear the oh yes the rotor again. Oh yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, are you going to tell the same stories yet from yesterday about how you had to go? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm going to shut up. This time. I'm going to shut up. Great story. I had to go to Switzerland and buy up all the System 51s. That's I was in Switzerland thing. already. I, had oh, to okay. get, had, I thought you flew I there especially. Oh, you muppet. Oh, I lived there. Why would I fly there? Anyway, which System 51 is it? Tell me about it. I don't know. You asked me this yesterday as well. And it's a blue It's a blue strap, blue case, white dial with those little dot things on oh, it. Like a, like a star thing or like a constellation thing or a star. Yeah, does it not mean something? Is it not? Yeah, it basically is is, is in um, the old Swiss language. Uh, it's called um, what's that language up in the hills they speak? It's um, it's a code for that. It means uh, this guy's been sucked into buy an expensive <laughs> watch, basically expensive plastic watch. Plastic watch, yeah. No, I don't think it's been yeah. a code. It's not like code fifty nine or whatever it is from AP. Uh, that really does mean that. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, they, they, what all I said yesterday, when they first came out, you could only get them for a little while in, in well, in swatch boutiques, obviously, but before that even, only in a couple of swatch boutiques in, in Switzerland. And um, everyone in Australia wanted them. So every, when I came back, I had to grab a pile of them and bring them back and give them to friends and stuff here in Australia. I was visiting Australia at the time, and that was a System 51. But, yeah, so I, I did have one for a little while. I don't know what happened to it, but 
It's one of those things. I have a famous, well, not famous, a photo of a System 51 sitting next to a RM56, the first big Sapphire watch. Um, my brother-in-law had the System 51 and he tried on the, <laughs> the RM56. They didn't like the 56, so he didn't buy it. It was a bit too bland for him, I think. Didn't have enough colour. Um, it wasn't the one point three million price tag, but anyway, that was on my. If you go back on my Instagram, you'll find it somewhere. If you go back far enough, yeah. Oh, well, go on. I'm actually going to go and find that afterwards for yeah, sure. I want to that. see that. Um, what are you drinking? What, what I'm drinking, <laughs> again, same thing as yesterday. Although I don't have a, I had a gin and tonic yesterday. Yeah. Um, but I'm not having a gin and tonic tonight. I had a gin and tonic and a beer last night. Well, and the same tonight, thing then. Well, at least I'm not trying to have some kind of continuity. You're in your continuity. I you could you. barely remember what watch you had on yesterday. <laughs> I don't have to. Anyway, I, yeah, okay. I've got my Pabs Blue Ribbon, which you were slagging off yesterday. That's so sad. You? It's so yeah. sad. Yeah, okay. What were you drinking yesterday, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking a girl's drink. Moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> no, yesterday I had a... It was my European side coming out. I had a... Um, I'll let you translate that for yourself. You can go and find out what it is. It was a, it was quite, it's quite nice. I thought it's basically a, a beer with some grenadine spirit. I mean, grenadine, uh, liqueur, uh, not liqueur, cordial, whatever, you know. Yeah. It's what you use to use up your old, your dodgy beers in the fridge. Um, it's actually quite common. If you can go to a shop or a cafe or a bar even in, in, in Switzerland or France, especially down south where it's hot, and you can ask for a beer grenadine and they won't even blink. They'll just serve it up. You know, you end up with this raspberry-looking beer. Um, and that's what I had yesterday to get rid of some uh, Aldi beers in the fridge. But I don't have that t today. What I have is probably even more um, frowned upon, which is a uh, Campari Orange. Oh, Jesus which is, Christ. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's Campari and orange juice, basically. So it's kind of – but it's good. It's refreshing. Trust me. I think just because you can go and buy – something in in certain regions like beer and grenadine and it's not frowned upon doesn't mean that it's okay i don't think this <laughs> swiss are exactly known for their drinking prowess is 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 this did you say this is my show yeah well i'll drink whatever i want right? well you can't no swearing on your show no swearing i'm not swearing yet well i finished I this we're already it's fine Campari orange it's not it's not a pint at least like you you drink your, your drinks yeah you don't have to get back up and pour another drink. So <laughs> we're talking about, and you just talked about a System 51 and a million-dollar Richard Meal. So yeah. that's a good segue exactly. into the the thing that we were supposed to be talking about. Yeah, it's two extremes. Yeah. And what's um, the difference between? Well, not much really. You know, uh, both made out of plastic. Um, it's just, it's. <laughs> Well, yeah, a System 51 is an expensive watch. It's not a $10 watch. You know, we were talking, we started off with between $10 and $100. How much is System 51 in Australia now? Um, 200 bucks, something like that. Serious? Yeah. Holy moly. Um, okay. Yeah, well, there you go. Case in point, I mean, it's, it's the System 51, and it was that special, that, that special the system that they worked out to have the whole thing basically industrially assembled with that last screw put in to hold it all together. Um, and so the costs are obviously minimal. I mean, I, I, I would, I actually love to, 
well, it'd be an interesting exercise to try and work out what the cost of one of those is. Um, nothing you know, against Swatch Group or anybody else, um, but that's often the case with a lot of watches. I did that for, I shouldn't say I did that for sort of some Richard Mills sometimes, and we, it was interesting, the, 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 the conclusions, but yeah, often, especially with the lower end and the, the, the swatches, for example, and you know, Daniel Wellingtons and, and, and other quartz watches, which are very, very, very cheap to produce, all from parts made in China, um, usually. And yeah, the, the actual cost compared to the sales price or the retail price, it's, it's amazing how, how, how tiny a percentage it is. But then you've got, obviously, as you mentioned, when you were talking um, yesterday, I'm going to keep saying that, as we said yesterday, <laughs> um, there's the marketing machine in between and all of the, you know, the, the, the what that entails, that what it brings with it. And, the, and the, these companies have um, the massive, massive marketing machines and departments to, to justify everything that's in between the, the bench or the, the factory and the end user, the boutique or the, boutique or the, the, the retailer. Any comments? But how, how do you explain to people when people ask you, non-watch people, like how did you explain to your dad when he was saying, yeah, how, how um, can you sell watches that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars? Well, uh, it's easier if you can take them through the factory, obviously, and you can see what the work that goes into it. Obviously, um, I, I did my watchmaking at or my pig and that was um well you can see from the way everything's everything's done the way the movement's finished the way the case is finished um the, the, the time they spend spend on each operation from 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 when they get a first a part or I'd say whatever a bridge or a, or a part that spits out the end of a, of a cnc machine or a, or a the machine um the machine factory uh, part of the factory, and then it gets you know, controlled and goes through quality control a bunch of times, and all the steps and the finishing of it, and then the control again, and then testing and all this different stuff and R and D, and there's just so so much that goes into one watch. Um, it makes it that price, or it all adds up to that price basically. Um, I, I I guess <laughs> you obviously got. Um, Big, big retail structures or networks and everything else, and that that costs a lot to to put in place and to run as well. Um, but you know, obviously, the older a company is and the bigger a company is, then the more they they um you know they 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 have economies of scale, and they're getting better and better value because the the, the parts and the watches therefore are getting cheaper and cheaper to make, just because of the t the time frame. And they've already done it before, so they're streamlining it all the time. Yeah, so it's it, but yeah, between between a very expensive one and a very cheap one, um, I guess they're well on the expensive ones. They should be spending more and more money getting it right. For for a brand like Richard Mill, the research and design is huge. They are they are indeed they spend millions on research and design. They also spend millions on marketing, <laughs> but yeah. um, and that that's a big part of it. I think for 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 a successful uh, high end what I call a marketed brand, which is typical um, Richard Mill, for example. When you have people, the marketing guys, marketing gurus running the companies, and it's not just our own, there's a few companies like that. Um, you know, they, they spend millions and millions just just 
you know, giving watches to, to, to superstars and sports stars and everything else. And, but the R and D is, is what they spend years on as well. Building, building stuff up, um, studying things, studying materials, studying carbon fiber components, um, different components, different sorts of titanium, different alloys. You know, they just they'll get 15 different types of alloy or different percentages of titanium in an alloy, and they'll test them all and make a bridge out of them all a couple of times and try and break them. And that just takes up enormous amounts of time and energy and, and money, basically. And that's what um, people like Richard Mill do best. Do they get that? that investment back though because surely when they spend a dollar on on marketing that has more benefit to them than spending a dollar on research and development because I, I was just looking while you were talking about that i'm looking at the system 51 in front of me just now and i'm thinking if you took a system 51 and you took swatch off the dial and then you put one of those kind of plasticky rms next to it took <laughs> rm off the dial and you put it next to in front of someone that knew nothing about watches and said okay what's the difference in price between these two <coughs> i think a lot Excuse of me. rm owners would probably cry quite a lot um at what the people would would say because most people can't see unless you're going into a boutique and exactly. people are actually kind of blabbering on at you which obviously that's now I realize that was your strength and kind of blabbering on to people <laughs> until they kind of succumbed and handed over their, their black email. Um, unless things to you, be as big uh, a return on investment in, in, in R&D as you would get from, from marketing, I think. And I don't think it would even be close, if I'm honest. Well, no, and there's no point having great R&D if the, if the story's not told afterwards. Um, and that's why people like uh, with my Piga, for example, they'll, you know, they have an old company, they have a her proper heritage, but it's something they really put forward. They tell people about it um, and they, they have R&D labs and they actually, you know, talk about it. They talk about the ceramics when they first did the ceramics. They have, they make movies about it. They make, they make a lot of publicly available information about their R&D because you know, they're spending money on it. And, uh, yeah, it's Richard Mill, it's, it's a prime example. And there's an anecdote about that, and I'll, I'm glad you brought that up because um, when Richard first had, I think it was the RM27, one of the first RM27s, um, so the black one, um, he had it with a group of guys in a restaurant in France somewhere, and they were talking about it, and they took it off, and they were talk, all talking about it, and they um, had a whole bunch of watches. There were some prototypes there, different things, and anyway, they finished it late at night, got a leg gear and walked off. And, and Richard realised that he was missing one of his RM20, or the RM27 that he'd been wearing. And um, so the next day, he ran this restaurant in Paris and said, look, I'm missing a watch. Um, and they said, oh, no, we looked around, asked the staff, no, 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 no one found anything. And this watch was, well, it was a prototype, so it was probably worth well over a million dollars, uh, but it was you know, 17 grams of plastic, what it looked like, a black, black plastic watch. And it turned out that they actually found it eventually. One of the staff members in the restaurant had just found it and said it thought it was a swatch and put it in his pocket and chucked it in his locker or whatever, um, thinking if they didn't claim it, he'd just take it home. You know, it was just obviously it wasn't worth anything. Um, and actually, and that, that's I mean, it's a true story. I mean, I, 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 Richard told me where it was. It was it was the thing where yeah it was and I, we did see that in the newspaper. They made a bit of a thing about it when they were yeah it, it was it was such so much like a cheap plastic watch if you didn't know if you weren't in the know if you weren't a watch aficionado and this guy had 
just totally did never clue this 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 waiter or whatever on minimum wage you know just grabbed the thing and chucked it in his locker or whatever and so there was for him there was no difference it was the same thing it's just that they happened they happened to have spent a few million dollars researching this thing um and so yeah the difference between the two obviously it's it's the the work that goes into it and if you see the the, the watchmaking factories or the guys that are doing these doing these movements, putting them together. Always that was a tourbillon, but um, it's not really obvious if you're not sure what a tourbillon is. Um, you know, it's there's the synergies within the watch making um, industry in Switzerland, which don't exist anywhere else. And that's where why you have people like Audemars Piguet and Papi, uh, APRP, doing the movements, for example, for Richard Mill, all the tourbillons and the high end stuff. Uh, and that as well, it's a massive cost you know, for, 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 for Richard Mill. Back in the day when Richard started, I think uh, AP ended up buying shares in it. AP owned Honopapi. Honopapi did the movements for Richard Mill plus a, plus a bunch of other. I, I, I probably shouldn't from a confidentiality point of view. They do movements for a whole bunch of, of brands. But this is something that the brands spend you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, on getting these movements right and paying people like APRP. To, to, to develop these movements, which end up in their watches. Um, so they have to sell them for, for a fair old price. What do you think what, the kind of breakdown is in terms of what brands spend on research? I know this, you're probably not going to know this, but just your kind of a guesstimate, <laughs> if you will, the, the, the breakdown in percentage between yeah, what they spend on R&D and what they spend on actual marketing. Oh, marketing is huge. Obviously, um, uh, and it, it does. It, there, there will be a massive difference between uh, with five different brands, ten different brands. They will spend, you know, factors of ten different different amounts of of investment in R and D and marketing. Um, and unfortunately, it's the guys that invest in the marketing which really. Well, the guys that invest in both, they're the ones that do best. Um, but often. You know, if, if you can't invest in both, the only one will invest in one. People, brands will invest in marketing, and that's where, yeah, that's really what works, basically, sadly. It doesn't um, really incentivize, I guess, brands to spend money on, on R&D when they get much better, yeah, rewards exactly. from, mm. from marketing. And obviously, yep. the, I guess the only thing holding them back from just putting all their money into marketing is that story aspect that they need to be they need they need material if you like to be able to to wow the, the customers mm. with um yes because if it's just this is a watch and they have pictures of celebrities and stuff they need that extra that extra little bit because all celebrities wear watches and you need the thing you need all that info when you need to go home and tell your your partner why you spent thirty thousand dollars on a watch you need to be able to to rhyme off all the r&d and and you know that for every 300 of these dials that they make only one dial is good enough to be able to be used and they have exactly. to like throw yeah. the rest of them into a volcano and start all <laughs> over again and only one guy can make those dials and yeah and he died 10 years ago he died mm. 10 years ago he's cryogenically frozen but they saw him out <laughs> once a year on a film in 29th of february and he makes that one dial and that's why this watch mm-hmm. is so expensive 
you need i guess you're right yeah. you do need all those things together um but i guess when we're already we're so far behind in terms of innovation when it comes to to watches because mm. quartz obviously took over and then mechanical made a comeback and it's i guess it wasn't a a real priority for them initially to to innovate because lots of people were going for quartz and some people thought we'll keep on doing mechanical or, or we'll start doing mechanical again and yeah there wasn't a, they were going for that historic link and the legacy there wasn't any big incentive for them to to spend money on on research and development they were just mm-hmm. trying to chuck out stuff that they made before and it's only, I guess, now that it's been going for so long that the brands are like, shit, we can't just keep on pumping out El Primeros. We need to um, we need to make something new now. Okay, we're going to make something new. And I think it's it's they've had to change change direction a, a good deal uh, because they realise maybe the, the the cash cows is the milking of that legacy and heritage is is going to run dry eventually. And that's where your RMs come in and say shit we made this thing out of recycled coke bottles we're gonna <laughs> gonna sell it it's a million dollars and you can wear it um while playing golf or tennis or, or whatever and mm. everyone else is like shit we better do something somewhere otherwise we're we're out of the game here yes and there's there's companies that change direction easier than others and some sort of don't, don't do too well um changing direction or, or coming out with new stuff and a lot of Companies just copy somebody else. It's easier and cheaper. Or well, the R and D is part is cheaper. The marketing still has to be there, and you still, you still have to spend money on the marketing. But um, yeah, it's not everyone can can really do it right, and that's why we see so many models of watches being styled up something else. Or you see some, you see a, a watch, and you'll immediately see a different brand in it. Um, you know, taking styling cues off something else, basically, and it's just a lazy way of doing it. I mean. Yeah, there's no one. I mean, a lot of people don't have, a lot of companies and small brands don't have the resources of a, um, or even of a Richard Mill, as a company or, or uh, the big the big group companies. So, yeah, I guess they just do what they can really. There's, and there's there's something for everyone. There's people. And there's something. Um, there's groups who or brands which do watches which haven't changed much. There's what there's some brands that do watches have changed a bit. Uh, sometimes we like the ones that haven't changed as much after 30 years. They're just still doing the same thing. It's a classic example of just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just keep doing the same thing, really. Same size, same thing for, for years and years, decades. And then they do a little tweak and make something a little bit better or make something a tiny bit bigger because of the current trends. Um, but that's why they've they're an old company. That's why they've succeeded. Basically, they get it right yeah. and keep keep doing it right. Well, I guess if you're playing your own game like Rolex are, yeah. it doesn't really matter. They do their own <clears> thing and everyone tries to copy them or what, figure out what they're doing. Meanwhile, they're just doing their own thing. Everyone else is yeah, wasting time trying to copy them. Mm. Do you know the thing that I watched I did like when it came out? And I have to uh, applaud them. Um, but I didn't really get much much love, I think probably because... People thought it was it was outside the normal price range for, for them. But remember the Omega watch that came out, and it was like a golfing watch, and it had a uh, a crown. It was made of titanium, I think, and the was the movement made of titanium as well. The crown kind of collapsed into the the case. I thought that was remember a tag. Um, 
The Amiga. I think it was about sixty thousand dollars. Uh, yeah, vaguely. Um, I think it was kind of mid last year, maybe, and it was it was definitely taking shots at RM. Um, because yes. it, it was yeah you can, okay you can, they had Rory McIlroy or whatever his name is the golfer ah, right, wearing right, right. it yes, yes um and yeah it was d- designed with him or mm. the normal stuff that they say <laughs> and all these professional <laughs> sports people are like sorry I'm gonna have to quit this game mid round because I need to go and design a watch okay I'll be back in half an hour he um, contributed a lot to it I'm sure yeah, yeah. but I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of liked what they were doing they were obviously taking shots at, at rm and that kind of idea of things but it was just it, it wasn't uh, it was too out of their normal out their comfort zone if you like and i think that's great for brands to try things like that and yeah it still had the omega dna but it was yeah. something really different i like the fact that it was a kind of telescopic crown that kind of pushed into into the case and it was a yeah kind of I, I found it, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, well, thanks to I think the, the design wasn't for everybody, but mm. um, I kind of I like that they were doing something a bit a bit different. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The price of that, because because that's out, outside what they normally produce, the price of that is probably kind of more relevant to the product that you get. Um, versus other brands where there's that what they normally make all the time they're like okay this is how yeah. much we can charge for it and I think that Omega was $60,000 but I think okay that's probably what you should pay for something that has a titanium movement mm. and you can play golf or cricket or whatever yeah 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 wearing yeah. it yeah, that's good. And, 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 yeah I'm looking at it now the photo of it I remember that when it's like basically, basically based on one of the standard whatever it is the Aquaterra is it or something rather, but um, yeah. yeah, with that crown, special crown, and everything else, and the lightness. Yeah, I mean, well, they were. I guess you could say they were taking a, a swing at Richard Mill, but um, it's, it's kind of a different level. It's, I mean, definitely, yeah, they're doing their own thing still. You know, it's, it's Omega. They could, they can, they got a bit of, they're pretty heavy hitters. They can, um, they got enough R and D guys to come up with something like that, and it's a, it's a great thing. Why not? Um. There's plenty of room for just because RM's making a watch doesn't mean that other guys can't do it as well. There's other, been other titanium watchmakers who have been lauded for having something so so light and so sort of cutting edge. Um, it's just that Richard Mill marketed it better. But, yeah, um, this sort of thing, this sort of project for them, perfect. I, lo- I love, yeah, I do love how they keep saying it was designed by such and such or that he had a lot of input into it. And so you see photos of them sitting at the actual watchmaker's bench with their, with their, with their little loop on and their, their white frock um but it's kind of kind of funny you know there's, there's lots of photoshop I opportunities s- from it but um i saw a great picture actually on on instagram where obviously everything is real and mm-hmm. it was i can't remember who it was it was some influencer and I, I have no idea who the, any of these people are but i saw the picture and the guy's at a watch bench and he's looking at the 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 movement and he's got a, a loop and he's, he's white coat on and down the bottom it's talking about um, how the mechanical movements that this brand makes are some of the best in the world, and I can't remember who, I can't remember what the brand was, <laughs> but he's, this guy's bleating on about how amazing it is. And thanks so much for giving me a tour of the factory, and it was great to see the tiny, yeah, the 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 same uh, components and things they've been using for hundreds of years. 
And then I look, I zoom in on the picture, and it's just, it's like a quartz movement. <laughs> and they've, <laughs> they've obviously said, okay, we're, you're going to take some pictures of you. Here's the thing. Hold it up. Look, look at it with the, the loop. <laughs> and then this is, we'll, we'll copy you what you need to, to type into the thing. And it's like, Jesus. <laughs> but I think there's obviously so much of that. And it's the same, I guess so it's the much. same thing when celebrities bring out fragrances or something and they're like yeah this was a fragrance design but and you know they're just turning up and getting their check and taking some yeah, photos yeah, yeah. and fucking off and they wear something that's actually <laughs> like 10 times uh, as expensive but mm-hmm. i think when it comes to watch design or, or things like that i think it's a lot more uh, unrealistic to get people to believe that somebody yes is an actor or a sports person designed a watch I don't mind so much when it's if it's a, a car or something and it's like this car was Ayrton Senna helped design mm-hmm. the Honda yeah. NSX or something because he took out in the track. Okay, there's some something more to be said for that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, when people have input in designing <laughs> these, <laughs> yeah, definitely groundbreaking things. Yeah, it's um. But, you know, it's marketing. It's been the marketing dollar. That's where often marketing dollars go, just paying these influencers, so-called, or, or um, yeah, stars to wear their stuff, basically. Um, yeah, very few of them are actually to the point where they know what they're looking at, I think, when it comes to a watch movement. Um, there is one guy called Aldous Hodge I met a little while ago. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's, um, he's, he's quite – I just made a comment. I sent him a comment today on a – one of his pictures, he's um, this guy from straight out of Compton. He did a whole bunch of stuff, and he's, he's getting pretty big now, um, as far as that goes. And he's he designs stuff. He designs watches. He's coming going through his own design process to design or to, to, to actually manufacture a watch. Um, and he's got a few watches from some independent watchmakers. And we had I had a good chat to him about independent watchmakers. And so you know there are guys that, almost like us, that sort of end up falling into the the, the watchmaking thing. They love it, and they you know they want to get as much as they can out of it properly and, and get it get real give real returns to the industry but most of them i think are pretty much just sort of yeah turn up take the cash and um wear it for for the logies or whatever they are where they're wearing it for um yeah. i feel like people should t- our brand should take more advantage of um actual am- ambassadors because i think there's so many real ambassadors out there um yeah. i remember even speaking to people about Ed Sheeran and this is people in the industry and they were talking oh, about, yeah. oh, we should yeah. get, and we need a new ambassador. And I was like, you should look at Ed Sheeran. And they're like, well, no, like we, he's not really someone we, that would fit with us. And I was like, well, he loves watches. <laughs> like how, what do you want? Like he's super into watches and he wears lots of Patek. Let's yeah. say you sign him up for your, your mid-level brand. And then you say to him, okay, you can design your own watch or i mean that's the kind of thing he would be into and then also if you actually let people be watch enthusiasts who are celebrities rather than tying them to just wearing your Mm. brand if they're into watches let them wear whatever bloody watch they want it comes off as more authentic and then if somebody's wearing patek all the time and then they're also wearing your brand it's not a slight on your brand people look at it and go Oh, he wears Patek, and then what's this other brand? Daniel mm, Wellington. Yeah. Well, Daniel Wellington must be as good as Patek. I've heard of Patek. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. The, the people need to think think outside the box a little bit. I think when it comes to to brand ambassadors, 
Um, and I think I see people all the time with watches, and I'm like, oh, they they should definitely have a deal. Like, does that brand even mm-hmm. know they yeah. wear they wear that watch? Um, I saw Pierce Brosnan was wearing a Seamaster again. Did you see that? I think it was. Oh no, I didn't. No, late but... last year. Um, okay. And he doesn't have a deal anymore, but he's no. he is okay. a Bond, and he was the person to wear the first wave dial Seamaster. Um, which was yeah, okay. a deal that JCB put in put in place famously, and he's still <laughs> wearing the watch now or a, a similar Seamaster. Yeah, okay. It's like God, he's obviously into he the into the into the watch. And I think did he? I think he was. Speak was he with, speak, yeah, I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did it. Did it? He, he, yeah, he did a bit of work with Peter um, on a movie he was working on or something. Um, but yeah, he did. That was sort of quite a big deal for for a brand, little brand like Peter Speak Marine. It was um, interesting. Yeah, there are guys out there who have a lot better idea, and there are some who have no. It doesn't seem to have much of a an idea. I mean, you don't want to. John Mayer is another one that always goes get pops up on Hodinky and stuff about being a real watch watch guy. Yeah. Um, but well, musician, not an actor. But I don't, I don't know if he does actually. I don't think he's got anything with with actual any brand. Probably not. Um, but you wonder why brands don't get yeah get on board. I think the problem with brands is it's like anything. It has to go by the board. It has to go past the board. Sometimes yeah. you know they're trying to look for justification for their shareholders, and it just gets it's, it's so hard to get anything done with a big brand unless you got someone like JCB doing pushing it. You know yeah. it's just not going to happen because there's just too many doing meetings. Doing his own thing. It'd take yeah. you three years worth of meetings to, to to decide between two different actors who, who yeah. Um, who might be debatable anyway as far as value for the brand. So it's kind of it's, – it's good to see when it happens. Uh, but, yeah, often when it does happen, you see a big brand roll out whatever model for such and such a person, and you can tell that it's not, there's not much collaboration involved. It's just sort of a, a PR thing. But, hey, that's what sells watches. So Yeah, I'd it. be so shocked if, if John Mayer hasn't been contacted about a deal – only mm. for him to say, "What? Well, I can only wear this one type of watch," and mm. they say, "Yeah, of course." But you love watches, and them not having yeah, exactly. a clue about what watches yeah, yeah, yeah. are actually like. <laughs> exactly. Um, yep. I'd I'd love to see something like that, an actual real enthusiast wearing a watch, because the amount of people you see. Well, you'll see me are, soon wearing a watch. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not quite John my level, but I'm getting there. You know, by the time we do a few more of these podcasts and some. YouTube videos, I'll be, you know, it'll be a sensation. Um, Did you not see when I tagged you in something on, on Instagram and I had a picture of me to put in the post and then I was like, okay, what bald actor can I look up? I can't remember if I was looking up like Bruce Willis <laughs> or Vin Diesel or something. I was like, okay, picture of me, picture of Vin Diesel, that'll do. <laughs> so it's close. <laughs> Yo, Wally. Uh, it was very close, actually. Very close. Um, yeah. Some people yeah, probably wouldn't have noticed. No, no, they won't actually. Did, did we actually cover the difference in in, <laughs> in what makes a hundred dollar watch and a thousand dollar watch, or did we just? We've been skirting around it. Yeah. Um, I think that's close enough. Like people have probably found it mildly entertaining. I mean, you can waffle on a bit. I, I, there isn't. I mean, it's <laughs> okay. You get your components made in China. Stuff your quartz made in China. And I mentioned yesterday. There's there's brands. The very cheap. The cheaper the brand is, the more markup usually there is, and that's why, I mean, for retailers, and so retailers are keen to sell them. They sell more. It's a snowballing thing, you know. It's, it just goes around and around, and more people want to sell it. Uh, they can they can make more. They can sell more. They can make more. 
and brands that have a massive markup. And there's brands which have very impressive markups to the lower end of the scale when you're talking $100 watches. And there's a brand, I won't mention the name, but it starts with F and it ends in Ossel. And they basically have a whole, a whole, a whole, it's ninety percent markup for the for the retailers retailers selling the thing. So I mean it's 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 you know, it's crazy. Ninety percent, roughly eighty to ninety. Yeah, it's yeah. Some, some and that's a huge market. It's a huge incentive for the retailers to sell those things. So if they have okay, they're not going to have a, Ro- a Rolex in that in that sort of shop. But if they you know where the sh- these shops where they have different watches at two or two or three hundred dollars, they're not going to sell that. They want to sell the hundred dollar watch where they're making ninety bucks or whatever. And so. It, it, see that what the brand sold them to that for or the, the American parent company selling them at 10 bucks or 20 or whatever. And so you can imagine what they've paid for it from their suppliers in, yeah. in, in Far East. You know, there's just, it's just, it's crazy. They're, 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 if everyone can make that sort of margin, well, those, you know, obviously they're, they're pushing it towards the end, uh, the end, the end retailers basically. So everyone has their cut, but the biggest cuts there. So, Imagine how much the watch costs. It's in cents. You know, it, it's it's not even um, well. It, it's it's quite low. But then I think the more expensive you get and you get towards the the, the Richard Mill end of the market, then there's a there's less of a less of a margin, obviously, because they spend so much time and you know, Group and Forcey, they'll, they'll they'll do one per year per employee uh, for the company, and so it, it, it's a massive investment for that company. You know, they, these guys are in Switzerland. They're being paid well. They're, they're, there's there's all the R&D as I've been banging on about. Um, so it's going to cost, you know, it might cost, it's going to cost dozens of thousands anyway, at least, you know, to make to make the watch um, that they end up selling for you know, hundreds of thousands. Um, and it might cost more. And for some high-end ones where they have a, where, where they have a big rate of, um, of, of refuse for, for, for some parts, some components, some tricky components or dials or whatever, sapphire bits and pieces, um, then it's, then it's, Really, the, you know, the the cost goes up and up, and the, and the and the profit goes down basically. But they might only um, sell or, or make you know, a lot. The margins are a lot less. It's still big money, still big numbers, but the the percentage is a lot less than for a cheap watch, basically, because there's no you don't have to do the control or the quality control or the the finish or anything else. It's just bunged in a bunged in a case and off you go. You can understand why these brands sell like the the total shitters that look like. Mm. AP and stuff like that. They they can just yeah steal the 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 kind of general design of of a kind of very mm-hmm. popular watch, make it for for pennies and then mm-hmm. pump it out. You need to get what you need to do is you need to get some fossil watches on your website, but just have <laughs> it Geneva blue on the dial. <laughs> There's people Cash, doing that already. <laughs> rake it in. You can be like, listen, I was someone trained by. Audemars Biguet and your fancy French accent. You can trust me. I know what I'm talking about. You should buy these Geneva Blue watches. They are amazing. And mm-hmm. today I'm able to sell them to you at a ridiculously low price. You might expect to pay $3,000, but today in only three easy installments of, and then you just retire. Slow down, I'm taking notes. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay, now, well, if I was a total charlatan, I could do And people do that. People, this guy's copying all sorts of stuff. And you can't even, you know, the, 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 the legal teams of the, the proper brands can't even pack them because they, they keep moving every every two weeks and they're, you know, they're a different country and, and it just makes it impossible for them. They try, but um, 
then you get into the whole thing of um, you know child labor and 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 slave labor and and an Asian mafia for want of a better word making these dodgy watches um, counterfeits basically yeah um, yeah which is another whole nasty can of worms really and people wonder why don't people go and buy a counterfeit or an encrypted bali or whatever they'll buy a copy watch and because i don't think there's any harm in it and, and and i've done the same when i before i got into watches i bought a dodgy watch or two not nothing i didn't really spend any money on them but people do buy them and they won't they don't say well it's no harm you know i'm just helping out some little balinese dude on the beach um or, or whatever but behind where the watches are made that's where the real problems are from you know organized crime seriously seriously big time organized crime uh, money laundering through um these factories so-called where or workshops where um people are making these things and it, it's it's pretty grim actually uh, so I'm, I'm, and the swiss bang on about it but it is there is a fair bit of truth in it um obviously the swiss have their own interests at heart and they don't the watchmaking people i mean the industry they don't like anyone supporting the the uh, counterfeit industry yeah i'm not sure if they're crying their eyes out over the no, of course. <laughs> the no, 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 no. labor and the humor human trafficking no no well it's like not, hey but... wait a minute that's those are our designs bugger off <laughs> but it's not the same market so they're not really too worried about that either but um it's just that uh yeah that officially anyway they they, they, they don't <laughs> They try and uh, make a big song and dance about you know, being ethically ethically correct and everything else, and then they rip you off on a on a on a, on a watch made in Switzerland. So it doesn't make much difference, really. <laughs> it's just different sort of sharks. That's all. Very anyway, true. how are we going for time? We're we're out of time. I oh, think we serious? smashed that. I think that was so much better than last night's episode. Probably was. I yeah. Whatever I drank the, this. whatever you were drinking last night, I think that grenadine. <laughs> I'm going to give it another try next time to see what happens. Mm. Yeah, just keep on mixing the drinks. Or maybe it was the fact I didn't have, have gin today, so that makes me less Probably. melancholy. Probably, yes, yes. Do you want okay. to do your Instagram pick of the week? Ooh, um, I knew you were going to ask that. Instagram pick of the week. Now, you do yours. The one you used yesterday. Oh, that's right, of course. It's in the archives yesterday. Yeah, I'm going to, I've got a little um account called The Naked Watchmaker. You probably follow him already, but there could be some listeners who don't. The Naked Watchmaker, which is actually yeah, Peter Speak Marine, who's sort of um, done a bit of a career change or for his main main part of his career, doing breaking down different watches. And it's a real big range. It's like from really old pocket watches to, to new, new high complications uh, and, and breaking them down, pulling them apart and taking massive high definition photos of each component and explaining what the components are. It's really educative i must say the instagram account it's a bit of a pointer to the website it's probably better on a, on a look at it um it goes through the whole website of some of the breakdowns of the watches but um it's a good account to follow you'll see some great photos and yeah have a look basically do you know i forgot to mention something yesterday when you oh, said you that was your recommendation as well was the Naked Watchmaker is a good name, but I remember being pissed off when I heard about that because one of my um, original ideas as the, the visionary genius behind the Fifth Wrist website, one of my original ideas was I was going to do, this is before the website, I was going to do uh, watch reviews mm-hmm. on uh, on YouTube yep. naked. And oh, dear. It was going to be oh. called Under the Cuff in the Buff. 
and <laughs> there's people who can verify this to be true. I didn't ever get around to actually oh filming anything. I'm so glad that didn't happen. I thought it might put some people off. No. Although with no. the amount of tits out there that do watch reviews, I don't <laughs> know if it'd be that much of a big difference. Um, but it never <laughs> came yet. Yeah, Peter told me about that well before you started and he said, don't tell anybody, but this is what I'm doing. He come into the Richard Mill Boutique and um, just drop in for coffee or whatever occasionally. And um, he, he told me about that and I thought, oh, that sounds kind of strange. I didn't know how he was going to monetize or actually do it, but it seems to be working out okay. Um, yeah, but, and he's doing some great stuff. As I said, as I mentioned yesterday in the, in the first take, um, I think he he's helped by a guy de Pesloen is a, is a really good photographer from Paris who did a lot of photos for Richard Mill and they're big books, well, a couple of which I have behind me here. They're big coffee table books. Um, brilliant, brilliant oh, photographer in general, technical photographer, but he has done a lot of watch work um, and some of the big bloggers and big um, journal, watch journalists. And he helps Peter out, I think, with those, those breakdowns and photos. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still I'm there? Sure. I, I, yeah, I'm still here. I'm just, I'm listening intently. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why people do but that. I know there's I'm a thin line between listening intently snoring. and dozing off, but mm -hmm. I'm here listen, listening intently. My um, What's your pick is the same as yesterday again. Don't want to miss people out. SG Tudor Boy 1988. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And he, yeah, really nice guy. I've spoken to him a bit. He did a review on his... 37 mil uh, Royal Oak and it was talking about how people say it's a girl size one and yeah I kind of felt a bond with him there because I've tried on the 37 mil oh, one that my nice. friend my friend that owned and I thought mm -hmm. it was a great I thought it was a great size and we nice. missed all this story about how you bought your dad an AP but we'll do, have to do that again in another yeah, next time. episode next time. yeah okay we'll save that right take notes yeah, yeah. I will okay. forget. Like, I've got a pile of notes here from other other episodes, and most of the time I can't <laughs> even make out what it is that I've been writing down. So you should be a doctor. I sh I should be a, the watch mm. doctor. I think that was, I think that was taken already. Yeah, as yeah. an Instagram handle. Um, mm -hmm. Do you want to tell people about your even no. closer to happening event? That's your weekend of events. Yeah, you call this... it like Rob Fest or something. The... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's not go there. Um, yeah, it, it's it's happening this weekend. I'm going to Melbourne. I'm off to Melbourne tomorrow night. I'll be there on Friday evening. There's a Time and Tide event at their headquarters there on um, in what is it in Richmond, um, I think. Yeah. And and then that's on Friday evening. Get in touch with Time and Tide. Have a look on their website. You will find stuff about that. It's the Introduction to Indies night, where they're the sort of first one of those, uh, where I will be attending. And I have a all of my little uh, brands there. And then I'm having one on Saturday as well uh, at the Reverie Cafe in Prawn. Prawn. Is that how you say pra that? Prawn. As a Scottish person, we'd probably say Prahan or something, but I think the, the locals say Prahan. Well, you don't have to have a bit of a plum it's in your mouth or something? Posh. It sounds pretty posh. No? It's okay. not that posh. There's, there's still, you occasionally catch a, a junkie anyway. here and there, but okay. yeah. I'm doing an event there. I'm going to introduce my little brands and what I've my sort of dodgy little career, what I've done, and the, the my little straps and a few things. If you're into watches, independent brand especially, definitely come along and see us. Let let me know. Send me a uh, 
WhatsApp and, or get in touch through Instagram or whatever. Most people, I think you have the address. It's Geneva underscore blue underscore. I will be in well, Melbourne also for a couple of days after the weekend. Sorry to cut you off Monday and yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> we'll catch up. Okay, okay now. Go. What, what brands are you going to have? I can't tell. Uh, I don't want to push the brands on this 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 channel. You know, it's not. I'm not. No. You're not pushing it. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not buying any watches or anything from Rob. He's a shitty bastard. Okay, so no, okay. Now you can tell people what brands you're going to have exactly. with you. I have, I have Landy Blue. Landis yeah. Blue, it's a um, really nice dress watch brand from made by a couple of guys in Switzerland. I have uh, L'Aventure, it's a one-man band in Switzerland doing beautiful, beautiful little dive watches or adventure watches. He has 50 of each color, and then they're gone, they're gone. I have a couple of left, one of which is probably the last one in the world, and they're beautiful sandwich style, vintage style diver. I have Eza, again, owned by a friend of mine, one, just one guy, um, very good little watchmaker, putting those together, actually a German brand, he, he rejuvenated He's made some dive watches and pilot watches, which I'll have them there as well. And then I'll have Squale, you know, the fallback on the old, the old fallback Squale is a bit more industrial. Um, dive watches, obviously, I don't have that many of them, but I do have a few of those. I know the family that owns them, basically. So there's a connection with all of these people, these brands, uh, to the people behind the brands. And that's what I'm having there, really. And of course, my own Geneva Blue Halloween leather straps. I can't believe you just promoted all those things. This is supposed in to be one, like in an independent in one breath. Like, podcast where we don't people don't push push their products but i'll let you off with it just that one time you said it was mine oh yeah as i know but i'm trying to keep you on the right track i'm trying to you don't want to just become like one of these other youtube people that just push all their chunk all the time no 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 no. well that's what we're trying not to do but sorry you you gave me the opening i jumped in sorry and are there any special guests going to be there probably but we're not um, I think there's a guy called the the dodgy regulator or something is going to be there. Um, the, the the watch for sorry the watch regulator he will probably be yeah. there. Um, the dodgy have... regulator he's busy doing something else, but his more handsome, beautiful haired uh, cousin the watch regulator is going to be there. He'll be there for a while at least until he gets chucked out probably for drinking too much or whatever. Um, but yeah, he'll definitely be there on the Saturday. So come and see the both of us. It's a, it's a bonus. They both be there. You see a couple of superstars, up-and-coming superstars, before we actually become famous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get all this awkwardness, but in real life, how I mean, great can, is that? We can sign stuff. I can, I can you know, sign. You know, I've started to do that already. This is sign women's I've started, uh, nah, No, but I'm open to that idea, although I think <laughs> I might struggle on Saturday. I've already started to do it just to aggravate the, the my friend at work, the other Alex, the other watchmaker. I've started to aggravate him when he comes over with any paperwork. I'll just mm-hmm. take a pen off him and just do like a, a signature on it and be like, okay, there you go. Do you want who do you want me to make it out to just to aggravate him? And he's probably our number one listener, so I probably shouldn't oh, aggravate good. I probably shouldn't aggravate him that much. Thanks for listening, Alex. The other Alex, I mean, the good Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good Alex. Hang yeah. in there. It'll be worth it one day. Um, yeah. Um, if you're not already subscribed through all the different podcast things that we're on, we're on Apple Podcasts now, we're on Breaker, never heard of that, we're on Castbox, never heard of that, Google Podcasts, I've heard of Google, Overcast, never heard of that, Pocket Casts, never heard of that, Radio Public, never heard of that either, but we're on all those things. I'm just on Spotify. Yeah, yes. Spotify, that's the main one, good one, yeah. Spotify. Well, good yeah. one. You didn't mention that yesterday, actually, and I forgot to mention it, but anyway. Um, we're already we're overrun we've got too many people listening on spotify already we're gonna break we're gonna break the internet with too many spotify listeners 
come and uh, listen to us or subscribe and, and whatever, however you're listening to us, come and subscribe. If you could come and review like a really cool, funky watch on our website. That'd be Fifth awesome. Mm-hmm. We all want to see it. Come and, come and review your, your watch. The reviews are limited to 1,861 characters, so it's a bit like that's, a long tweet. That's a stupid rule. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't it's do a review rule. Rule. Okay. Even fine. you can do it. And I did like, it, but I had to delete half like me, you can do it. Mm, okay. so it's probably junk you were writing anyway. Anyway, come and do a review. We'd love to see you review whatever watch you've got. If it's a, The more interesting, the better. If you review one of the uh, watch brands that, that Rob sells, he will buy you drinks all, slag it. all Saturday. <laughs> yeah, slag it. Slag it all. Be like, some it's dodgy guy sold you this and it's shit. There's no, nothing dodgy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm transparent. There's nothing dodgy about it. Yeah. Um, you can obviously see that. Go and look at my – I forgot to do a plug for my YouTube. Go and find my YouTube channel, Geneva Blue. Look at some bald dude waffling on. Just like here, really, except you've got – Unfortunately, got his face there. Um, you see some decent watches occasionally, or some watches anyway. That's all for me. Good, yeah. Go check out Rob's Instagram, Geneva underscore Blue underscore. What's your other? You said yesterday you've got another Instagram. What's yeah, your I've got um, the Tudor guy. Uh, I don't use it as much. Um, well, it's sort of I've had to be busy with this one, and I I did use a lot for a lot of Tudors. I'm a bit of a Tudor tragic, and I have some old and new Tudors. Um, I've had a lot over the years and I sort of used to bung them on there as a general rule, but um, now it's sort of, there's a lot of overlapping and stuff. So I don't know whether that account will stay around or not. It's a bit less regular. Was it the Tudor guy? All one word. S- the, all one word, the Tudor guy. I'm going to sell that one day when I'm rich and when I'm really famous. Um, yeah. To someone else. <laughs> good luck. So, <laughs> good luck with that. Right. Go and follow <laughs> well, that's that. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> it's not going to work or what? Get rich. I'll, I'll stop right now if I'm not going to get rich from this. <laughs> Yeah. Come on, give it like three more episodes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm patient. I'm patient. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And, um, yeah, we're going to go now. Yeah, we're going to cut it there. We're going to go and record the intro for the beginning of the show. Shit, fuck that's your telling <laughs> Fuck with your mind more. But okay. for now, goodbye. Keep, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, all good. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Fifth Wrist is by the community for the community. We would love you to join the crew via our group chat on Slack. Email us at contact at fifthwrist.com and join the movement.